Oh, we are live, everybody. That's right. This is Knowledge This Degree. My name is Joey B. Here, presented by Blind Knowledge, is another edition of Behind the Content. We got Johnny, the Dream Chaser, Swagger Dagger on the background. He's playing some Supreme Being. Check that out. Swagger Dagger, Supreme Being. And y'all, we're going to have some fun, man. Tonight, 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 we have a legend. The man is a legend in my eyes, and I think he'll become a legend in yours, too. He is a dangerous animal handler. He is a professional snake wrangler. My friend and yours, Christopher Soul, everybody. Yo, yo. So, welcome to the show. But I just want to remind everybody and let them know that blindknowledge.com is the spot. We promote, we produce, man, we do it all. Basically, we have digital content creators. We have podcasters, man. We have just streamers, gamers, man. I have a couple artists that want to come on board. And one thing you got to you got to know about me is that I am a musician. So it's all about the music for me. So we need some musicians too. If you're out there, if you want to join the cause, join the collective over at blindknowledge.com. You can hit me up at joe at blindknowledge.com. That is my email. Blind underscore knowledge on Twitter. Instagram is the blind knowledge. TikTok is the blind knowledge. Twitch, the blind knowledge. Hello to Twitch. Hello to YouTube. Hello to Twitter. And hello, people that are still on the platform formerly known as the Facebook. Yes, yes, yes. We are here. Chris, how the hell did you get into this profession and why? Well, I got I originally got my start with the I used to play in a in a local band and our manager was actually working at SeaWorld in Australia. So on the Gold Coast over here we've got SeaWorld, which is a little bit different to um a little bit different to your SeaWorld over there. Like we don't have whales and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, they got a whole heap of rides and I started on the rides just, you know, being a button pusher. And sending people around on the roller coasters and stuff. And then, yeah, I used to go hang out at an exhibit that they were building at the time. Uh, it was called Shark Bay. And, yeah, they had, like, heaps of sharks in there. I think I think at the most we had, like, 13 sharks. Like, one of the biggest shark aquariums in the Southern Hemisphere. And I used to go down and hang out down there and, and just be like, man, like, it's so sweet. And then the guy who runs the place, he came down and he was like, oh, I see you down here all the time. Like, do you want to... You want to go and do your course and just randomly, yeah, like your commercial dive course. So that was what you needed for it. And um, yeah, he's like, "Go do your course and come back, and we'll give you a job." And I was just like, "Holy moly!" Like, this wow, thing. that's cool. Yeah, so I went down and did my course. It's like two months in northern Victoria, which is like the southern part of Australia, and it was cold as. And yeah, and then and then I came back and got my start working with the sharks and cutting whales out of nets and all this really cool stuff. And then it just kind of all came up from there because once you start working with dangerous animals, most of the stuff is all like the same. Okay. In what way? All the health and safety and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, you're always watching your back. You're always watching your buddy's back. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 So across the board, like the dangerous animal, like health and safety stuff is is very similar to each other. Yeah. And then when I left SeaWorld and actually went over to Canada. Oh. Yeah. And I came back and I started working at Australia Zoo, Steve Owen's Australia Zoo at the time. Yeah, and then just started working with the crocodiles, and I was there for seven years, and it was it was good fun, good fun being able to run around and see all the um you know see all the animals that want to try and eat me. What did you do with the crocodiles? Like, did you wrangle them? Yeah, well, I mean, you're in Florida, right? You, 
You got like the alligators. We got yeah, we got alligators, man. We got alert. Uh, we got alarms and alerts that go off when an alligator is just like coming out of the the muck. Really? That's wicked. Yeah, <laughs> they're huge. They're like dinosaurs, man. They're yeah, they're big. They're big. And yeah, so we start, when you start when you start there, you start off wrangling alligators, and then um, then you move up and you start working with the crocs. <laughs> That's the entry level. Yeah. Oh man, like yeah, the. the Alligators, Steve used to call the alligators frogs with teeth because compared to crocodiles, they're just like so just chill. Very, very chill. Wow. I never would have thought that. Like even when they're not hungry, they just they just want to pick a fight. Yeah, that's it. They always chase you. They always have a, a, a they always have a bone to pick, you know. Um and then yeah, after and then after that, um I actually met all the guys from the Snake Wranglers show. So they all so everyone that's in Aussie Snake Wranglers on National Geographic used to work at Australia Zoo. And so, yeah, my friend, my friend Stu started doing it. He's got a snake catching business here on the Sunshine Coast in Australia. And I started doing some snake catching stuff for him. And then it just kind of went on to the show. Uh, and now I don't really do that much like snake catching except for the stuff on the show now. But now I actually work uh, out in the mining sector, relocating animals. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so like just snakes and possums and uh, pretty much whatever we can find. It's mostly lizards and goannas and all that kind of thing. And just so they don't get squished. And yeah, that's pretty much where I am now. Like it's been a it's been a rough, rocky road in some spots. You know, it's like everyone up, have your ups and downs. I got to ask, though, entry level crocodile guy <laughs> in the U.S., like when you start entry level, maybe you're doing customer service in a cubicle somewhere. Not really doing the crocodile thing. What did you specifically do with the crocs? Like, did you dance with them? Did you did you did you have to harness them? Like, did you guys like um, did people come to see them specifically for a show? Maybe. Yeah. So we do all that. Like, it's 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 a zoo. So uh, you know, eighty five percent of what you do is all back of house cleaning. Like anyone that's worked in the zoo industry knows that you might have your on display stuff. Uh, and the shows would probably be like maybe five percent of what you do on a daily basis. The rest of it's cleaning and, and um, yeah, cleaning, feeding, uh, making sure the animals are good, doing your hu- good husbandry and and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, and then and so so obviously at the zoo, at Australia Zoo, um, they know Steve O and the Crocodile Hunter, right? So he used to do shows back in the day, and so he's got this huge purpose-built crocodile stadium where we've got. Uh, seven crocs out the back, and um, yeah, we bring out we bring out a croc a day, and you do the show in the main coliseum there. Run around in front of them, jump in the water, do all the crazy stuff, and have a bit of fun with it. How old were you back then when you first started? I was maybe twenty eight. Wow, so that late bloomer. Yeah, like twenty six, twenty seven, probably. And then yeah, I was there for seven years, so there for quite a while. Once I kind of got into the animal stuff, and I found my stride, and and sure. you know you do kind of. You know, you you learn to work around big, dangerous animals, and it's it's just a really cool thing to keep going with. And there, there's there's actually quite a lot of places in Australia, you know, small zoos, all that kind of thing, um, where you can kind of do that thing. And the government has a lot of zoos as well. Okay, so it's popular. It's a popular uh, destination. Yeah, well, that's why everyone comes to Australia, right? Because all the animals can kill you. I didn't know people go to Australia. I thought people yeah. were just trying to get out of there. Yeah, well, that's what it feels like at the moment. That's that's the stereotype I think of. I think of kangaroos 
I think of big snakes and like spiders and stuff coming out of toilets. Yeah, well, it's it's funny you mentioned that because yeah, that uh, I had to catch a snake that was in a toilet maybe two three months ago, and it was on it was on the news because I had to read the pee water to get it out. Yeah, Christopher Soul, you were trending in the U.S. You were actually on. Um, one of the nightly news shows because I saw your clip. So I got a I got a call off one of the off one of the blokes, and they were like, "Oh, can you just go over?" And apparently, this snake is in the bathroom. I was like, "All right." So I went in there and I checked the whole bathroom. I couldn't find anything. And then the girl, the girl that was there at the time, she was just like, "Oh no, I think it was it was in the bowl." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And so, like, so for for Americans. The way our toilets work is a little bit different to in America. Like you guys have like a heap of water in your ones compared to ours. Like ours is like really low. And so the snake is actually just under the lip of the toilet. And when I opened the lid, it was just in the water where this like chick had just peed. So she was sitting there and it was it was under her. Yeah, she was sitting there and she looked between her legs and there was a carpet python underneath. And so yeah, I had to uh, had to pretty much reach in and grab it, reach in and grab it, and it was it was yuck. Did you just happen to be there? Or did, did they call you because they they noticed it after yeah, they were finished? They, they called they called us. They called us. Okay. The, okay. Emergency line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Such an Australian thing. So I got to bring it back. A little rewind here um, because I got to know. At first, when you got it, when you know, when you started Sea World, you're working with sharks. First of all. I don't know who the hell in the world wants to work with sharks. I guess Christopher Soul. Uh, when did you figure out that you were cool with that? That you were you wanted to hang with sharks? Like it's a ballsy move, bro. It really is. Like I wouldn't do it. I don't think most of the people on this stream or 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 hear this podcast would do it. How did you know you were cool with it and you liked it? Like I thought, like I have always liked animals. I remember my mom got me a, like a snake. No, it was a shark and a crocodile book when I was like eight years old and i've always like i've always liked like big you know dangerous animals but i think it got to the next level when you kind of you see that like when you're in the water with them it's a different world because you're pretty much at the mercy of them because they're just so much more powerful and so well being in the water so yeah like when you're in the water but then like the more you work with them and you know they're in a captive environment as well and they're used to divers they're used to people being in the water you do have close calls sometimes with all animals that kind of like they almost reset you internally where you're like oh okay i won't do that again um like i got away with that and got lucky got lucky yeah yeah so like with the sh- the, sh- the shark stuff is what made me fall in love with like dangerous animals to begin with because they're just yeah they're just the next level powerful kind of animals and you've got that certain respect for them but also at the same time you fear them as well and i think that's what a lot of people that's where they get it from right like they they uh fear what they don't understand and so i was never like that i always wanted to understand oh hell yeah i agree with you 110 percent for sure for sure fear is fear is um it comes from and derives from the unknown yeah, and so I think with the, with the sharks, like the sharks are actually quite not placid, but they they're very um, certain circumstances where they become dangerous. Um, so and obviously goes for in the wild, like you know Australia has a bad reputation for you know sharks and crocs and snakes and spiders and all that other stuff, but those animals 
the amount of people that they actually kill per year is is almost nothing. It's it's very um it's very overhyped in the really? media. Wow. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, you like sharks. I think on average, it's probably like maybe two or three people per year get attacked by a shark. That's it, really. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not a lot. Like they do have a little so sometimes they have a little bit more, but you know, like to put it into context, I think like per year eleven people die from falling off their chairs. And I think it's like more people die from like vending machines falling on them when they're trying to get like a free Could you imagine going to get a soda and it's just like the thing falls over? Worst way worst way to die. That's yeah, gotta be the worst one. <laughs> I, I, I died being a greedy fat bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. So, yeah, like, and, and the same goes with crocodiles as well. Like, there's crocs up north. And, like, as you go probably about six hours north from where I am on the Sunshine Coast, you go north, it starts to be crocodile territory. So, the crocs are in the water. And if you just don't go in the water, you're never going to get eaten by a crocodile. So, are there signs? Are there signs up and posted that say, yeah. Crocs. Every, every single river, every single beach, every single waterway that, like, where they're found has sign posted. But they make them so that they're very convenient towel racks. They always need a towel rack, you know. If you jump in that water with those uh, those Crocs, yeah. you know, you're going to be wet. You're going to be wet either way. You, you go up and, and the, the opportunity, I think, that crocodiles have to actually eat people is, is insane. Like, because people just, most people up there, they don't care. They just go swimming in the water and the Crocs generally stay away. And then every now and then something might happen and they might get too close or, or they might, you know, be trying to kill the crocodile or, yeah, some, some, something out of the norm happens and then they get smashed. And once you get smashed by the crocodile, it's basically like their instinct is just to drown it all over. Wow. So it's a regular part of life, as we would say here in the U.S., down under. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I grew up having to tap my shoes out before I put them on just so there's no spiders in them. Wow. Okay. So that's like, that's such a huge lifestyle difference between me and you. Like I grew up just outside of Boston, Massachusetts here in the U S right. And there are, um, there are actually great white sharks, you know, usually in the summer, especially more and more they have shark sightings and then they, they throw the red flags up at the beach, don't get off the beach and whatever. And people get, people get bit and there's more and more starting to uh inhabit that area yeah but i i never really thought to 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 you know worry about spiders or even bugs maybe ticks you know but probably larger and more dangerous where you are i'm assuming well we, we're also like we don't really care about you know six meter crocodiles and all that kind of stuff but i can tell you right now that if i saw a bear over like in america i would like lose my mind bears are no joke Bears, a bear will fuck you up, bro. Yeah, they're super scary. Like it's it's no different. Like you see a croc, you see a shark or whatever if you're in the water and you see a bear, it's like the same thing. Like you just know that they they're gonna mess you up if you do the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah, they're no joke. And they will eat your uh your food out of your dumpster <laughs> and they look warm and cuddly, but yeah, no, and they're fast too. Once they start galloping and realize where they are, and they kind of look I'm thinking of a black bear, because there's different bears. But a black bear in particular, they look kind of goofy and just kind of like off center. But those those guys and you know male and female bears, they're uh, they're fast, they're aggressive, and they'll eat, they'll eat your head off. You know what's what's your favorite animal to to work with 
or um, to handle or or however you would say it. I'd say I'd say Crocs are probably number one. It was a toss up between Crocs and Great White Sharks. I've never actually like worked. I've seen Great White Sharks in the wild, but I've never like they've never been in captivity. And the Crocs, Crocs are next level, right? They're just so smart. People just don't think. I think of a reptile as like dumb, right? Crocs are so smart. Like they'll sit there and they're so patient. Like you, you have them in captivity, and every day you walk past them in the same spot over and over and over and over again. You might do it a thousand times and you don't know because you never really realize that the croc's been slowly inching closer and closer and closer and closer. At the edge of the water, they're extremely fast. They're pretty much faster than anything. You know, like they catch deer and antelope and stuff at the edge of the water and before the deer can even process what's going on. Wow. Yeah, I've seen, um, you know, I've seen some things actually on natural, National Geographic and um, various... Uh, various places, probably YouTube clips and stuff like that, where they just pounce and then they they're gone. Well, they're like invisible in the water. Like if the water's dirty, you you can't see them at all, and they'll they'll be like right below you, and you won't even know. And they can sense like animals on the land that they're coming close to the water. They can feel them. They don't have to see them. That's interesting. Do you know how they do that by any chance? So if you look at like a close up photo of a crocodile's like or an alligator as well like they've got those little black dots on their bottom jaw um that's what they are they're tiny little receptors that feel the motion waves coming through the water and they can triangulate animals at the edge of the water without having to expose themselves so they can sneak right up below you it's like a it's like a sixth sense or something like that well i mean they've been around for so long like crocs have been on the planet for like 250 million years so they yeah, do. they seem a thing or two. Yeah, they do what they do well. Dude, I gotta know though. I gotta know. I've, I have so many questions. I hope you have time. You know, you connected with me, which is great. No effort on my end. And I was like, dude, I gotta know some things. And one of the things I gotta know is what's the worst experience you've ever had uh, handling an animal? Oh man, there, there's so many. Like you know, each day is completely different. There's so many times where you'll be like, oh man, that was that was pretty bad. Um, but you know, like there's been times where I've been in croc enclosures, I've fallen into enclosures, you've put yourself in an area where you know that you've done the wrong thing and you know you've messed up. And um the crocs are real good with capitalizing on that stuff. That's just instinct that they've got. You know, like there's there's a lot to think. I've been bitten by snakes a fair bit, nothing venomous, but you know, I get bitten by pythons pretty much pretty regularly. I mean, I got bitten on the show. You know, but. <laughs> just a regular thing. Yeah, you know, I get bit by pythons, but yeah. you know, other than that. Now, well, one one smashed me on the belly uh, when I while we were filming season one, uh, and I actually got bitten again in the same spot by a very similar snake in season two. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, with with the crocs, generally it's you know when it might be slippery, it might be raining, you slip over in front of them, and they you know have a massive crack at you, and you get up and get out. And with the sharks, generally it's like when you're underwater and you're not paying that much attention, and something sneaks up on you in a wrong spot, and you kind of like put your head up, and next thing you know, you kind of headbutt a massive bull shark, and you you know you crap yourself, and you're like holy moly, like. And then normally the shark just freaks out and just cruises off. But yeah, yeah. Th- there's always times that you collect yourself and you're like, "Wow, I shouldn't do that again." But you know, it, it happens to the best of us. And you know, sometimes you've just got to take what happened and learn from it and try not to do it again. Yeah, you said you did season one and two. Is season three on the way, or is are you, it's season three, right, on the way? I haven't really talked about season three yet. 
we we might. Who knows? I mean, it it has gone quite well on National Geographic. It's um, uh, it was like one of their top rating shows here in Australia. Um, so at the moment, it's not actually showing in the US. I don't believe on the National Geographic channel. But yeah, there's no way for me to see it. I um, I didn't know what season you're on. I I didn't know if you're like a host or or are you like a reoccurring person? Like, what's what do you do on there? Well, I'll I'll be pretty much in every episode. Like, it it basically focuses on the team. Um, that we all have that work for Sunshine Ghost Snake Catchers. Um, but the like the whole way that the TV stuff works, it's it's all completely split. Like National Geographic Australia is a separate thing to National Geographic America. I think it, I think they're looking at bringing it out on Disney Plus. Yeah, which which will definitely definitely boost and send it to a lot more people. Hopefully, it'll play in the states with that kind of thing. And I think they're looking at. I think that's being shopped for the US and the UK right now. If you think about it, though, if you think about it, you know, that's probably really entertaining to a a large demographic here in the U.S. Because stereotype or not, I'll tell you from firsthand experience, it's all about the hype and it's about events and it's about like the big things. Like people want to see someone get snake snake bit or or. like travel out in a Humvee and, and go see some uh, some Crocs like that's that's stuff that we don't have here and it's dangerous and it's like interesting so I can see how that'd be a good sell for this market over here for sure yeah it doesn't help the stereotype that Aussies are just like overwhelmed with snakes <laughs> because you know like it's it's it- it makes it come across like, like, you know, we're just like kicking snakes outside our door before we go to bed at night. Like they're an everyday part of being in Australia, but they're not, they're not in like plague proportions or anything like that. Like they do cruise around. I mean, at the end of the day, like carp and pythons, they're no different to like a crow uh, or mice. Like they're just really good at being around people now. So like they cruise around people's houses and they cruise around in the suburbs because, you know, the possums are hanging out, the rats are hanging out in people's houses, and that's their prey. Oh, that makes sense. And so are they fearful of humans or are they just like, screw you, get out of my way? No, well, generally, like, especially like most of the venomous stuff, they're very flighty. They'll leave as soon as they know that the person's seen them. Um, the, the thing is, like, carpet pythons, they'll hang in your garage. And you might walk past them 20 times and they won't do anything because they're just like still and they just sit there. And next thing you know, like you're like, oh, I need to go and get so-and-so. And so you go in there and there's a snake right there. And that gives you a fright because you realize that you walked past it 20 times and you're like, oh, my God, it could have taken my face off. <laughs> it could have taken a testicle, my friend. Yeah, it, it, snake bites are rare. They're very rare. And generally, it only really happens when they're trying to kill a snake. You know what the big stereotype of Australia was over here, especially like that I can think of that was force fed to us growing up was kangaroos and wallabies and koalas. Are those everywhere? Yeah. Like if you, if you were with me right now, we could probably drive maybe about 30 minutes and we could probably see like a huge, like amount of kangaroos. No way. Do they travel in like packs or something? Yeah. Generally they're like in a koalas. Definitely not. Uh, koalas are really, really hard to find at the best of times. They've just been listed as endangered here in Australia, so they're in a bit of trouble. Funnily enough, like I was working at a job probably about 20 minutes from my house, and they had 17 koalas in a two-square-kilometre area. And so that's, like, insane. Like, I've never seen that many koalas in the one spot before in my life. And I've been working with animals for, like, you know, 13 years. And so that was pretty cool to see. But, yeah, they're, they're in a lot of trouble. 
koalas are in a lot of trouble and they're really hard to see and that's why they die through like land clearing and all that kind of stuff it's just impossible to see them when they're in trees yeah that's really interesting actually that one because koalas are so chill they just eat leaves and sleep and that's all i want to do too kangaroos though everywhere everywhere really so it's like deer over here basically exactly the same they're pretty much like yeah deer they're just you know you cruise into any real wooded area or in Australia, like, yeah, if you're traveling, like, out west, there's a lot of people, you know, like, for everyone in America, you're probably looking at about, like, most of the main, like, population centers are on the coast, on the east coast of Australia. But once you go, like, maybe three, four hours, it's, like, sparse farms. And then if you go more than, like, eight, seven hours, it's, like, the desert. And so if you're traveling out there and you don't have, like, a, a bull bar on the front, like, a kangaroo will clean up your car and you'll be done. Yeah, man. I um, I gotta tell you, it's it's a pleasure to meet you because it's fascinating. You're not what I pictured. I was picturing this wild, crazy man. That I- <laughs> that's, that's that's Mick. He's in the show as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Wild, crazy Australian. That's him. Hundred <laughs> percent. We'll have to talk to him at some point. Yeah, yeah. You know, you seem really uh, like an intellectual more than a crazy man, which is pretty cool. Um. Are you uh, someone that went to college or? Nah, nah, that's, uh, I, I have like two sides. Like I've got an entertainment side and I've got like just a, you know, normal person side. The, Fair. Yeah. Fair. I, <laughs> oh, you couldn't, you couldn't, I couldn't be running a hundred percent all the time. because Just get exhausted. Not like Steve Owen. You know? That dude was a hundred percent on all the time. But yeah, like, you, like I'm just here chilled out, you know, like a, just having a beer and, uh, hang, hanging out, talking with you guys, having a chill session. But when you get out there and you get all ended up and you're handling six foot brown snakes, you know, yeah, that's when the blood's pumping and you're ready to rumble. You know, but yeah, definitely, definitely no, um, no uni for me. It's all hands on, learn stuff. So it's all like learn by doing. So that's your education, really, is yeah, learning by doing, being being there and having the experience, which you know I think is. It's a better education and, and it's, you know what you want to do, you know who you are, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Like there's definitely a place in the industry for both, like both kinds. Like you always have to have intellectual people there to, you know, run scientific side and all that kind of thing. But a yeah, lot you want to balance, you want to balance in any business or any industry, you want a solid balance for sure. And, and a lot of the time, like those scientific people that have less hands-on experience. And so when they do want hands-on experience, they rely on, people that have done a lot of things with animals like physically to introduce them to that and, and help them to, you know, learn the aspects. Uh, Mr. Soul, I got to know, do you play video games or do you read books? I definitely, um, I would definitely play more video games and I'd read books. hundred percent. That's why, that's why I'm a snake handler. <laughs> Cause I didn't read enough books. Yeah. You could probably write a book. Yeah, no. At this point. Yeah, yeah. No, I, do, I I play my fair share of video games. I grew up, um, you know, with a PC and stuff when I was younger, and then moved to all, on all the consoles and stuff. And love playing a bit of what am I playing at the moment? UFC, UFC four. Playing a bit of UFC. Love UFC. Love UFC. Big time, big time stuff. It's so it's so um captivating to hear different perspectives. Like I'm over here in the USA. I only know what I know. And then we're having this conversation and you're, you're telling me things that are just so foreign to me yet. I understand. Uh, it's very, it's very dynamic. Um, it kind of goes along with what blind knowledge is 
blind knowledge, the concept is that there's information out there that we just haven't learned yet. Maybe you haven't experienced or maybe we're not privy to it. Maybe it's being withheld. So we're really getting our, our dose of knowledge on here on this episode of Knowledge This Degree, for sure. Hopefully everyone that listens to this will be able to come to Australia soon and they'll be able to experience it for themselves because it is magical. Like, it's, it's an amazing, it is an amazing place. Like, once you get over the fact that, you know, once you get over that fear that everything wants to kill you, then it's everything. Awesome. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's what I, that's why I haven't visited yet. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, uh, the place where the toilets go, they roll the other way, and the animals will kill you. Basically, it's well, one of those. It's one of those places where you can just, you know, like you could just drive a couple of hours west, and like you won't see anyone. You won't have to deal with anyone. Like you can get away, but also at the same time, you can go to the beach. You can go to the forest. Like you can do all that kind of stuff uh, on the east coast of Australia, pretty much within an hour of everywhere. Wow! So that's that's it's it's a lot more um, well balanced than I thought. I always think just like desert and then like city. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know why. That's well, the picture that's been painted. Northern yeah. Territory is amazing. Like it's all like beautiful desert and they got like Aboriginal artwork on all the, on all the rocks and all that kind of stuff. But then you go to Tasmania and it's, you know, snowing and mountain peaks and the whole shebang down there. And you go to, you know, the desert and you can see nothing but sand hills for the, Hours and hours and hours. That's that's. There's a lot to do there. So if I was to come over, right? I was to come over to Australia, just just a guy from the U.S. What would you suggest I do? Like, how do I experience these animals without going out in the wild and and trying to basically set myself up for failure? Like, are there <laughs> tours, or would, should I go to the zoo first, or all the above? Like, where where would you direct me to go? You can see all that stuff in a condensed format at a zoo, but nothing beats seeing an animal in the wild. Like, just what they're... Even if you just kind of happen upon it. Um, but it just, like... I remember the first time I saw a wild croc in the... Like, you know, just hanging around in the river, and I was just, like, blown away. And that was after I'd worked with crocs for, like, four years, like, working with them in captivity. But then when you see them in the wild doing their thing, like, you know, hanging around, the big boys got, like, their all their little girlfriends and all that kind of stuff. And they just so physically, <laughs> physically intimidating. Like it's, it's just, it's another level. So definitely like you come to Australia, the whole East coast of Queensland uh, is like, yeah, that's real Australia. Real Australia. That's what I got to know. I'm writing that down. Queensland. Yep. Queensland, you go all the way up the coast, up the coast road to Cape Tribulation, which is like the Daintree rainforest, like the oldest rainforest in the world. Cape of Tribulation? What is it? Yeah, Cape Tribulation. Oof, that just sounds intimidating. It does, and you can see cassowaries up there, which are like... It's most, probably beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, cassowaries are like the most dangerous oh. bird in the world. I think. Oh, God. Not so beautiful anymore, Chris. Damn. <laughs> beautiful there. landscape, but the, the birds will kill you now. So we got birds that kill you. We got snakes. We got <laughs> sharks. It's that stereotype. I just want to hang with the koalas, bro. That's that's how do they even survive in this kind of this ecosystem? Yeah, exactly. Like koalas are just they just sit in the trees all day and just eat like eucalyptus leaves, and that's all they do. 
That's so amazing. Every every oh, every like predator goes past them, and they're just like, oh, I couldn't even be bothered. <laughs> they're Drop. just so disgusting. Yeah, they're just like this fucking guy again. <laughs> Sleeps twenty hours. He just hangs out in the tree. You know what? It's just not even worth it. Huh. Hey Phil. Hey Phil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. Koalas, just look out. They are pretty nasty animals, but yeah, they they're just not worth it. They're really not fair. They're lovely, they're lovely, cute, and fluffy, but they just, yeah, they got sharp claws, they got big teeth, and they're just like, nasty. never would have guessed that. Uh, yeah, or you try to pick one up in the wild and they will mess you up. Yikes. Mm. Yikes. Oh, yeah. So now, now it's co- like, because I don't know whether you guys know, but if you ever meet an Australian uh, as an American, you should ask them about drop bears because uh, drop bears are what we, um, we basically call koalas, but they're like a really super aggressive version of koalas, and they just drop out of um, they drop out of the trees and like mess you up, scratch you, bite you. Of course they do. Of course they do. Everything does. <laughs> How about the insects over there? Are the ants just taking over? Like, <laughs> no, I think the ants are pretty good. I think we're pretty good on the ant front, but don't jinx it because we might find like some mutant ant in the outback that just like. You know, eats, eats children or something. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! <laughs> but yeah, you like, guys have like bees and yeah. Oh, it's funny our um our native bees are stingless, so you don't have to worry about them. They're really super friendly. The bees are friendly, but the koalas will take your eyeball out, and the ants will eat your intestines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Drop drop bears, cassowaries, koalas, crocs, the whole shebang. The whole family. It's a whole big angry family. If you had to name the top five most beautiful animals that you've encountered, what would they be? I think a cassowary is a cassowary is a really nice animal. Uh, I'd probably go. I'd probably go great white shark, crocodile, uh, the red belly black snake, and then I'd go a, a cassowary, and then bringing up number five, probably like. No, probably like a dolphin, maybe. Do the dolphins have giant teeth and just like sharp, uh, sharp objects hanging out of it, or what? No, but funnily enough, at SeaWorld, the the sh- uh, like the dolphins are way more harder to work with than the sharks are. Like if you're diving, if you're diving in a dolphin enclosure, you have to like watch your back because the dolphins like they'll come up, they'll play with all your hoses. They'll smack you with their tails, like they'll bite your ankles. They'll drop rocks on your head underwater, like because they're. Oh wow! Because they're they're really smart, right? Dolphins. Yeah. yeah, they are very very smart, but they're what's the American term? They're assholes, man. <laughs> uh, they can be very um yeah they can be real funny sometimes. A um, big thank you to Christopher Soul for joining me. Of course, you can catch Chris on Nat Geo Australia Snake Wranglers. That's National Geographic Australia. The show is called Snake Wranglers. They will be hopefully coming to this market over here in the U.S., but I'm sure you can find them on the Internet somewhere. And look out for good things from Chris, too. He is getting into the podcasting world. Uh, so in the future... Definitely look out, Christopher Soul. Hopefully, maybe, possibly, I will ask after the show. Maybe he wants to join the collective over at blindknowledge.com. My name is Joey B. The name of the show is Knowledge This Degree. 
I appreciate you. Thank you so, so, so very much for joining us on the live stream. We will be with you so many times because this mini series is so awesome. It is behind the content again. This is blind knowledge. Knowledge this degree. Christopher Soul, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Bye bye. No matter what it is, but you're gonna put it aside. Cause the world is ours when we arrive. Now put it in drive. This is Johnny for the block. This is Johnny with the box. I'm Johnny with the rock. Hold this. I'm a watch. Then chop it up a pot. How to make it to the top. Then we finna duck. All the fucking running cops. Don't matter what we all be. Had him in the lock. Then we dig up for the shit. As is 16, we had a hustle. They can never, ever, ever, ever knock this one from my dogs. Reminiscing on the time we were just showing a few. Welcome to C. McBee, home of Chunk McBeef Chest. This is a podcast where I take stupid questions way too seriously. Like, what if Bruce Banner put on adamantium pants and then transformed into the Hulk? What would happen? I answer that question definitively. If vampires are undead, that means they don't have a heartbeat. Can a vampire get a boner? I answer that question definitively. I also examine some of the most amusing musings on the internet and editorialize and take them way too seriously. Join us for C. McBee, the podcast from Chunk McBeef Chest.